Warning, this podcast must be listened to while drinking coffee or beer. Do not drive and drink coffee or beer. Do not smoke and drink coffee or beer. And do not have sex while driving and smoking and drinking coffee or beer. You're listening to the Coffee or Beer podcast, brought to you on behalf of Hope. Yeah, it's going to be a good one today. My guest is Lulu Davis from Incendium Management and PR. Hi. How are you? Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yep, I'm very good. First and most important question, mm-hmm. what is your drink of choice going to be? Coffee or beer? Well, I think I might have to say beer. Yes. Yes. It's gone five o'clock. It's gone five Water o'clock. down, let's drink some it's beer. It's almost Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Today, our beer of choice is Ghost Dance or... Triple Hopped Golden Ale by The Hop Foundry. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by these two beers. I think I'm going to be dancing later, and I like Ghost as well, so maybe the Ghost. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Let's begin at the beginning for you. Oh, God. Yes. I've heard that you basically um, were born, and as soon as, you, uh, as soon as you were born, you suddenly went, I'm going to start my own business and start my own management company. And then it was, boom, it was there all of a sudden. I mean... I feel like I've been doing it quite a long time. I'm not sure whether it was That's that true. early, but I was definitely very, very young when I started um, within the music industry. Um, I actually started working with bands very loosely when I was a teenager, just doing like photography at gigs and hanging out with friends' bands and making like uh, posters on Microsoft Picture It, which was like a really, really old program, like pre-Photoshop era. I went to school with a guy called Robbie and his dad um, was the label manager of Roadrunner Records at the time. And my introduction to metal music was when I was like a teenager, I started listening to like um, Slipknot, Papa Roach, like my dad got me into all of this kind of music. And when I was young, I was watching like MTV and I think Slipknot came on like Left Behind or something like that. And I was watching the video and I was actually scared of it. But I was like, genuinely as a kid, I was like, what is this? This is scary. And then as a you know rebellious teenager, I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. yeah, get me back into that. I went and studied media at the Brit School, but I always like incorporated all of the media studies with music. So when we were doing filming, we'd do like music videos and I'll collaborate with the music cohort. When we did photography, I did photo shoots of bands. When we did website design, I made a site for a band. Like I kind of just linked it together. And then um, and tried everything by the sounds of it. Yeah, it was just like, you know, because you have to have like a lot of different skills as well. And I was learning all this stuff and I was enjoying it. But I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I loved music. Mm-hmm. I was like looking at university and I kind of thought like, oh, there's a degree for music industry management. This seems really interesting. Um, so I applied to do that because I knew I wanted to go to university. But at the same time, I thought it was important to get like an equilibrium of experience as mm-hmm. well. Sure. So I started doing internships. So at 16, I did my first internship at Spine Farm. At 18, I did an internship at the Noise Cartel. 19, I did Century Media in Los Angeles. Maybe before that or slightly after, I did Live Nation as well. So... Those are massive. Like, those are all <laughs> super big companies today. Mm-hmm. You, so first of all, to begin with then, did you just email them and be like, hello, mm-hmm. I'd like to intern for you for free? And they said, Pretty yeah. much, that was basically it. Um, did a bit of hustling. I mean, actually, the noise cartel one came about because when I was doing 
radio presenting at the Brit School, I wanted to interview people within the music industry. And I emailed around a few people and I called up um, Adam Seguir at the Noise Cartel and I saw he worked for Bloodstock. And I thought, this, is, this seems wicked. Like, yeah, I'm gonna interview him. And I met up with him, did an interview for my radio show um, on festivals because that was like the, the topic that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And um, got an internship out of it. it was, yeah, just, just that. Yeah, it just happens, and then it just kind of flowed that way. But were you working on the side as well to, to sort of pay your way? When I was at university, I was doing university, my internship, and then I'd go home on the weekend and work at a bar. So I was like seven, seven days a week, yeah. like really hardcore going for it. Did but you have to pay your own ticket to fly over to Los Angeles? I did, yeah. Such a good achievement. I funded that myself. It was quite expensive, but it's you know. I did it, it was great. But unfortunately, you know, none of these companies offered me a job. Um, not for any particular reason, it just, you know, didn't happen. Didn't happen, you know. Well, you, you must have been quite gutted by that. Well, I mean putting a lot of work. Yeah, but it's hard not to get excited and feel like you actually are gonna have the job. Yeah, but I think, you know, a lot of internships as well, it's very much, you know, you go there for the experience and everything. It doesn't necessarily mean you're qualified to do the job unless you're there for a really long time and they start introducing more responsibility. Sure. Um, some of the internships are really great and you've got a real insight as to what really went on in terms of the actual job and other ones were kind of more like admin based, sort of helping out, stuffing envelopes, all of that kind of stuff. But I don't mm. shy from any kind of work. So I just did it to kind of make the network. Um, and I came out of there and I didn't want to leave university without having a job because I didn't want to leave and then go and do a job that I didn't want to do. Yep. So I applied for a bunch of jobs, didn't get anything, started my own company. I was basically yeah, in my bedroom in my second year just going, right, I have 15 contacts. Let's put them in an Excel spreadsheet and start working from there so that was basically it that is so cool to hear um because you don't hear it happening very often and you were you were like no one else is giving me the job so i'm going to make my own work pretty much and you didn't you must have not had like a exact game plan in place but you just started yeah i just started it was, it's been a very organic growth over the years it's not been an easy process and sort of in between i've gone and done little jobs here and there and in the first few years definitely like i, I worked part-time at the bar still mm -hmm. at a pub in in South Croydon. Without knowing how to start, did you already have mates that were in bands? You like, they'll be my first first band to manage, or did you have someone that you'd seen and gone, they're great, I want to work with them? I started doing the management aspect probably just before I started Incendia, um, and I was working with a band called Subversion. And they were like a tech metal band, and this was like probably like ten years ago or something, and. I remember making like press packs for them in my uni room and like printing them all out and doing all this stuff for them like manually and starting to like, you know, try and book them some gigs. And then we booked them this uh, festival called Euroblast, which is actually like my boyfriend runs the festival actually. Oh, and great. Now he's my boyfriend. But at the time, like this is like 10 years ago and we booked them on this festival and it's the first international thing I've ever got any of my bands. I was so proud of it. And I was like, yes, this is amazing. Well, did it take a lot of, um, a lot of work to, to, get, to do that? A lot of emails, a lot of follow-up, a lot of contact? Yes and no. It was like, if you have a good band and they had like, you know, a bit of backing, they had support, like they had like a guy doing the PR at the time. So we had a few quotes from like Metal Hammer. And I just started working with this band and it was really cool. And that was kind of like an organic introduction into management because I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest with you. I just kind thought, I'll it. just try it, you yeah. know? Um, and then from there on, I just started picking up some more clients because I was doing PR on the side as well. Because mm -hmm. um, I knew I really liked PR, but I also knew I wanted to do 
do management. I like using like both sides of my brain. What is it about both of them that appeal to you? Management, I like being like really, um, I don't know, it appeals the creative side of stuff and you get to kind of like exercise a lot more creativity and kind of think outside the box and do all of this stuff. But then the management side is more business focused. Mm. I like, I don't know, I guess. Do you like numbers and and charts and tables and Mm. contracts and business stuff? Don't mind contracts. I quite enjoyed doing law law at university, but like numbers, bank account, yes. Excel spreadsheets, not so much, but like, you know, that kind of dynamic. I did a lot of things myself. I did the graphic design, did web design. I did everything up until a certain point. And then obviously when the business started getting like momentum and enough clients and all of this kind of stuff, then I could start outsourcing. But it was very organic. I did a lot of stuff myself up until only probably a couple of years ago. And do you feel like that's actually made you as successful as you are and the company where it is today is because you've, You've tried everything and you've kind of had to put you know, put your toe in the proverbial pool of all of these different things and tried it. Yeah. And it's informed and the way that you approach both management and PR to a little extent. I think yes and no. I really like the fact that we've grown organically and we've sustained really good relationships with people and we have repeat clients that come back to us over and over again. I'm also very looking much forward to having like new clients, expanding horizons, mm. constantly making that new network. I think maybe if I had like the funding or the money to expand my company earlier, we could have grown quicker. But then there's pros and cons to that sure. because you can go zoom and then you can go zoom. Yeah. And if you're taking on that capitalist debt. Yeah. Then... So I, I did it very organically with the expansion, especially when we were introducing interns, for example. And, and then I started looking at assistants and then it was kind of like I, I sort of tried many things and, and many people to try and see who fit and where. How was that experience overall? Challenging? It was really challenging. I've never considered myself as like, like to be qualified to to train someone or to mentor them or anything like that. And it's, it it comes quite a difficult process for me because I'm so used to doing everything by myself, essentially for myself. Sure. Because initially it was just me. Yeah. But then my vision grew broader and I was like, First of all, I want to help other people achieve a career within the music industry. I want to be able to mentor them as well. But my vision goes beyond just what I was doing. Right. And I'm not capable of doing X, Y, Z all the time. Sure. So you needed to learn to delegate. Exactly. And did that was that hard? Very hard to begin with because a lot of people it was my that. baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so relinquishing you know. the control yeah. is scarier, mm-hmm. I imagine. Yeah. Your team is now expanded to Four people. Yeah. You've recently introduced Paul Waller. Yeah. And Brady Deep Rose. Yeah, that's right. Two fantastic individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul is the singer from Ohms, is yep, that right? Yeah, that's right. And Brady is the um, singer and guitarist in Conjurer. Conjurer, yeah, that's right. Again, yep. that's uh, wicked. Yeah, and I also have Luke working for me as well on the PR side. He's my PR assistant. Is he in a band? No, he used to do a bit of radio stuff, um, but he's now pretty much just like focusing on PR with us so yeah it's cool did they start with you as an intern did they come on as maybe a freelance position and then did you approach them and say hey do you want to come work for me full-time or how did it come about it's interesting because interns come to you for experience Mm -hmm. but it might only be a part-time solution so they might only want to do it for a few months because they're like at university or whatever yeah for sure and for me training someone over and over again every three months was very time consuming yeah um and i thought actually I i want to extend this to a more permanent position um to hire someone 
like, you know, part time, you know, to kind of take someone away off me, but I want them here constantly and I want yeah. them to grow with the company. And I want, again, it, it comes back to this organic growth thing. It's not like I'm not suddenly going to take on five staff members and do all this because it, it doesn't make sense. No. And do you um, think it wouldn't work? It, would no, just, it wouldn't work. You need to focus on one person at a time and kind of, you know, grow it that way. And Who came first? Sure. Was it Paul or, or Brady? They came together. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It was it was an interesting process because um yeah, I'd had like someone else working with me before, Kirsty, she was a manager, and then she left to go and focus on the, the live industry side of things because she liked doing merch and TMing and all of this kind sure. of stuff. And she didn't feel that management was for her. And so but at the same time, the opportunity to bring in Paul and Brady into the fold presented itself mm. because um, I got chatting to Brady at Complexity Festival in, in February and I was looking to bring in new managers anyway and we had this conversation and, you know, and I basically told them about Incendio and what we do and they seemed keen and they joined probably in around around June, I think it was. Um, so, yeah, again, it's just everything's just been very organic and natural and I feel like it's all happened for a reason. Yeah. It's not, I haven't gone out and been like right I'm actively looking for managers blah 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 like it kind of just sort of presented itself that way in your opinion what makes a good manager or what, mm. what are key skills that a good manager needs to have don't be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or I'm sorry best, I'm best, oh you can swear as much as you like best answer we've had on the show so far <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you can still be an effective manager and do your job really well and be a pleasant person to work with. You don't have to be a dick. You really don't. It's not necessary. Unless if someone's a dick to you, be a dick back. Fine. No That's problem. A, okay, good point. Good point. Here's an example then. You're at home asleep, three o'clock in the morning. Phone goes off. Mm -hmm. Hello, so-and-so from so-and-so band. Guy's like, guy's like, Lulu, here, I'm, behind, I'm at the show. I'm, um, I'm, we're about to go on and I'm backstage. And for goodness sake, I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. I want one bowl full of green M&Ms and another bowl full of red M&Ms. How many times? No one ever separates out my M&Ms. What would you do in that case? Fuck your M&Ms. Fuck <laughs> your M&Ms. Um, no, I mean, God, yeah, that's proper diva behavior, isn't it? I'm that's very, some serious diva behavior. I'm very lucky to not have experienced anything like that bad. What would you look for in the bands that you do sign? Well, first and foremost, it is all about the music. And then we start up meetings with them and we have like meetings to discuss whether or not we think we're going to be like compatible when we work together, you know, because working relationships are very important. What is it when you see them live then that you, that, that you look for when it comes to the music? It's interesting. I'm very much all about the songs when it comes to bands. Like I know a lot of people sort of look, I'm not, because I'm not a musician. So when I'm listening to music, I want to hear that like catchy hook mm. um i like singing along but i also like the really catchy guitar riffs as well that i can sing along with the riffs does that make sense yeah, like yeah, totally. um, yeah. you know so that's kind of like an element i like bands to have like energy move around on stage don't stand still and this of course the purpose of your band is to be moody and kind of doomy and gloomy and you know i mean obviously just bring as much energy in whatever kind of um, way that you wish to portray it to kind of make your music connect with people. Sure. I want to come out of there like like happy. I want to, I want to come out of a show and be like, this is amazing. I feel really happy and enlightened after that. Like I don't want to come out and be like, mm, yeah, it's all right. So the band has now impressed you, yeah. blown you away with their live performance. Mm -hmm. You're like coming in and seeing me, and now you've got them in the room. So what are then the kind of things you're looking for as qualities in the band themselves? Mm. Do they need to have their their act together? 
Yeah, I think it's definitely important for a band to kind of have some sort of business acumen there. I don't think it's, it's really hard dealing with bands who don't really have at least like a general idea of how the business works because then it kind of turns into more of a consultation rather than a back and forth business relationship whereby you can get them to be proactive and deliver materials to you and you mm. can delegate things and you can be proactive on their behalf and you know it needs to be quite um it needs to be like a mutual relationship where sure. both parties work equally yeah. as hard sure you can't make, do your job I, without without exactly yeah. um and i find i have worked with a few bands in the past that have just expected me to do everything and including writing the songs yeah it's like i can't <laughs> i can't do everything and like i can't i can't make work out of nothing essentially best working relationships come out of those ones that you kind of you get each other's vision and you kind of complement like your workflow and everything and mm. you're constantly communicating and it's you know about being responsive as well and being proactive thinking outside the box delivering results as well obviously because sure. you know if you don't deliver that then what's the point yeah <laughs> well, it comes the uh the elephant in the room otherwise yeah. so the bottom line mm -hmm. but the creative thing the creative element to this um, standing out and having a campaign that pops, that's very hard to do. Yeah. Is it? Because it certainly appears to be hard to do. What, for PR? For PR, um, the whole unit really working together on a campaign to try and be like, what do we do to really sell this? Yeah, I mean, I I've literally just spent the past year working on Voyager's um, release and it's the first Great release man. that they're doing under a label. Beforehand, everything was very independent. They did a lot of crowdfunding that was very successful. We did independent distribution. I was basically product manager. The I was everything basically mm. under the umbrella. And in the end, I was like, I just can't do all of this anymore. Sure. Yeah. So this time around, we're working with a team. We're trying to collaborate with people. And it's like, you know, we've got a new booking agent. We've got new this, new that. Mm. It, my job as a manager became a lot easier because... Just doing your thing. Yeah. Mm. to be able to delegate those tasks to other people and to allow them to focus on things like manufacturing, production, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. also it got way harder because of the expectations and the level of quality that we wanted to deliver on behalf of this campaign cycle. And you've got to make sure that all your ducks in a row, you've got the live plot, you need the merch, you need, you know, th th there's just so many different things that need to kind of fall into place. Yes. Um, and even that doesn't guarantee success. No, it but doesn't. But they all have to be there. Yeah, but you know, it's it's great. I mean, they debuted at number one in the independent Australian charts. Like they got a bunch of press. The shows are coming. We're announcing those festivals mm. and everything. Everything's rolling as it should be. Um, very very happy with the development there. And it's interesting to see them kind of cross over now into a different demographic, which was the aim all along. Because sometimes bands can get very stuck within a niche. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, as a manager, that's not what I want. I want bigger or better. I always try and aim. Take them to the next level. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. When results happen, that mm. motivates you to do your job more. When things constantly go wrong, it's very demotivating and it's kind of like, it, ex it exhausts you. Sure. And, you know, management is arguably one of the tougher roles in the industry because most of the time you're working on like percentage basis and this, that and the other and you don't know if something's going to pay off yeah given all the time and effort yeah. and energy you're putting into it exactly so it's it's a very risky business um whereas you know it's yeah it's just one of those things really but i enjoy it so it's like you still like enjoy it. it as much now as when you first started out it's getting a lot more exciting now i think that like i feel like things are starting to build momentum more so now um 
in the beginning, obviously, I was really excited and everything. But also in the beginning, I didn't really know what I was doing. <laughs> so I was kind of just winging it, to be honest with you. Yeah. I can't like I can't pretend that that wasn't the case because it was. And I had to teach myself a lot of things. Mm. Everyone, um, everyone we've had on the show and who we've been talking about similar mm-hmm. things have all said that they winged it in the beginning. Yeah, you have to, especially if you're like running your own business or you're freelance or whatever it is. And you don't get that mentoring or coaching from someone. I mean, obviously, I did the internships, which were very beneficial, but I didn't learn all that there was to learn. Is that why you offer consulting now as part of your business? Because Mm -hmm. you wanted to give that kind of uh, feedback and that lesson and be more of a mentor to people? I think so, yeah. I think like the transfer of that knowledge and that experience is very valuable for bands. And I think that kind of like giving people that insight as to how the industry works, what the current landscape is, realistic expectations because a lot of fans don't have realistic expectations where are their expectations the most skewed i think with like in terms of like live shows and stuff as well like i want to be playing like main stage download in like two years and i'm like ah like, you know, like, rain like, that back in there yeah i mean yeah. you know it's just kind of like you know things like that and i'm like you guys have to build 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 you need to be worth numbers you need to do this you, there's a whole process of things that you sure. need to go through um because sometimes it's not unheard of that bank can pop yeah and they don't have to wait two years to get to download no they but don't. that's solely because of the numbers yes but that can be due to major record label backing mm. it could be down to management having other massive bands on their roster and the influence that they have in terms of those relationships there's many factors that kind of amount to bands sometimes exploding mm. um, sometimes they really can just catch on but sometimes they have a lot big marketing budget that a label can put into it yeah but whether or not that career is sustainable and whether or not they're going to stay that big that's a question. Remains to be seen. Exactly. It's not wise to kind of presume that a band is always going to be a certain size because, that's some, you know, this industry is very unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, you know, just keep a very level head and be realistic with your goals. But at the same time, try and aim higher, but also be realistic. Be realistic. Yeah. Do you seek mentorship with yourself? Are you still learning your craft and do you still actively look? For help i have like the past year i've actually been part of the mmf accelerator program what's mnf for people that don't MMF know mmf is the music managers forum and it's basically a community of all of the music managers within the uk and scotland <laughs> yeah so they basically started a um mentoring program uh well it's called the accelerator program last year where, whereby they offered um a small group of managers funding and extra training to expand their businesses and to help them develop as a manager. Okay. And I was one of the 24 managers that they chose. Excellent. So oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> um, it was quite a process, but like I learned a lot and it was interesting to see me grow as a manager mm-hmm. within that year period. But having a network of like-minded managers who were also up and coming and also independent was it was amazing. So you've gone through a bit of a, a not a rebrand, but you've you've uh, you've enhanced your website. You've brought more um, mm-hmm. bands on board, and yeah. you've obviously got Brady and Paul. So are you still looking for more managers to join your team and for more bands to join your team, or do you have like a cutoff point where you go, <laughs> I literally will not be able to manage anything above this point? I don't know. Like I had this envision to expand the company, but. That wasn't actually supposed to happen until next year. So it kind of actually, because I had to do like a two-year plan when I applied for the MMF Accelerator program. And a lot of the stuff that I projected that was going to happen in the second year actually happened in the first year. Cool. So I was like, this is cool. But also, 
what am I doing now? <laughs> so I need to think about that. But I think over Christmas, I'll sit down and look at everything and kind of go like, you know, but I'm, I'm really happy with the way things are at the moment. So the thing is, is that everyone has to plan ahead now anyway. Sure. Things get booked up so far in advance. It's like, it's crazy. But I know what I'm doing in three years time or something like that. It's just ridiculous. Like, you know, because, yeah. you know, festivals and stuff, especially like they're booking like a year in advance now. It's mental, isn't it's it? It's bad. It's that big oversaturation, and it's mm. just so much going on right now within the industry. It's really great because it's healthy, mm. but competition is like up here. It's ridiculous. Biggest it's ever been. Yeah. Hardest it's ever been. Oh yeah. Very very competitive. It's fine though. I'm ready. That's, that's <laughs> very very good to hear. And all the bands on your roster are like, I'm very pleased to hear that too. <laughs> yeah. No, I've just got to fight for your right to party. To party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know it. So, final question then. You step into uh, one of those rooms in Harry Potter movies and you see one of those uh, cupboards with a mirror in it and the mirror's like back in time and you, and you get to look at yourself oh, from when you first were about to start this and tell, tell yourself one bit of advice. What would it be? Stop, get away from your laptop, go out a bit more and start, you know, because... Get away from the laptop. I was a bit of a slave to the laptop, to be honest. I still am, but I... Is that more know. important though as a business owner to... Uh, to be honest with you, to kickstart anything, you do need to be dedicated to it. Mm. So I think like I've, like me actually working all of that time like really did help. Um, but there are times that I do kind of wish that I was a bit more sociable and less awkward than I was um, as like early 20s, I think was. Yeah, but it's kind of like a coming of age thing. I think when I mm. hit 25, that was it. It all changed. But between the age of like 19 and 25, it was very much like a growing process. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, but yeah, probably it really. <laughs> Good for you. I wish you every success in Thank the next you. year and, and all the years to come. Thank you very Thanks much. for being a guest on the show. Yeah. You've been listening to Coffee or Beer on Hold Tight TV, brought to you on behalf of Hold Tight. If you are in a band or you know people in bands and they need PR, they need radio, they need digital marketing, then Hold Tight is your number one stop shop for that. So please subscribe to the channel, follow us on all the socials, and please get in touch if you need any of those services. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Coffee or Beer.